Welcome to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. Hello, welcome back to Mind Your Hormones. I am especially excited today because today I have on a guest who I actually met through a different business group that I was a part of a few months ago. And we are so aligned on so many topics and I'm really excited to have her on and chat about all the things. She's bringing a different lens to the show, which I'm really excited about because we're going to be talking about moms and mom guilt, how we could support mom's health and postpartum recovery and all this amazing information, which I have not had personal experience of, which is why I don't really talk about it a lot. So I'm really excited to chat with her. Her name is Brooke. She is a fellow nutrition nerd, just like myself, and she has over a decade of experience in the fitness industry. She's helped heal her own gut and thyroid conditions with lifestyle changes and nutrition, which is what I preach all the time. And now after becoming a mom, the whole pregnancy and postpartum recovery situation, she realized how disconnected we are in supporting women's health, hormones, fitness goals, and understanding our own bodies. So her whole mission is to educate women and help them feel empowered about health and wellness, which is why she's on this show. So I can't wait to dive in. Brooke, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm so excited. I uh, I could talk about this forever. So <laughs> I was like, of course, I'll talk about this. <laughs> exactly. Literally something I talk about all the time. I could talk to you about for hours. So before we jump into all the goodness, give us a little background on you, why you got into nutrition and all the things. So, oh gosh, there's so many reasons, but, um, so I was overweight as a kid. Um, and I lost weight on my own and I grew up watching my mom kind of have an unhealthy relationship with herself and with food and, and always just kind of watching her like dieting and talking poorly about herself. And that's kind of like what led to what I'm, I'm doing now. But, Mm -hmm. um, I actually started as a hairstylist and then realized working in a salon with 20 some women was not a fun experience. So <laughs> I, um, I went back to school to be a personal trainer, started working for a large fitness company. Um, and in the beginning of my career, like, especially when you're in your young twenties, it's all about aesthetics, right? Like it's all about mm-hmm. looking better in a bikini. And I didn't really care about like the long-term impacts of like my health and how things impacted me until my dad got sick and my dad passed away about seven years ago. And I realized how he had, um, Crohn's disease and my dad was just always an anxious person. And I started to see how much stress played a role in things and how much stress made an impact. And I started to dive a lot into the wellness aspect because after my dad passing away from the trauma of it all, my hormones went crazy and I developed Mm. hypothyroid and, I was already eating really healthy and working out consistently. And I remember stepping on a scale and like within like three months I had gained like 20 pounds Wow! and I didn't know what was going on. And, and I was going to physicians and they were like, well, and they were like, I was like, I need you to check my thyroid. Like I I knew enough to know that like something had to be off with my thyroid. And they were like, well, it doesn't seem like anything's off. They would only test my TSH and my T4. 
And oh, I was so like, common. Yeah. So I was like, okay, but can you check my T3? And I had, I, I remember getting frustrated because I had two physicians who were like, well, your T3 doesn't really do anything. We don't really have any. I was like, but it's literally the active <sighs> form of thyroid in my body. So it's <laughs> so, rid- so yeah. many women have this struggle with that. Yeah. And then they, you know, I had one who was like, well, are you eating gluten-free or dairy? And I'm like, really? Like, that's not, I mean, yes, that might play a little bit of an impact, but that's not the reason I gained 20 pounds in the last three months. It's not like I started eating a pizza every night. Right. Um, Right. So finally I found a different position who checked my T3 and I was clinically low in T3. Mm. Um, And then because of those issues, once I met my husband, we wanted to get pregnant and I wasn't ovulating and I didn't, I didn't know the importance of ovulation Mm -hmm. um, until we wanted to have a baby. And I was realizing so many women didn't realize that they needed to ovulate, uh, you know, regularly and not just when you want to make a baby. Um, So we went through that, finally ended up getting pregnant. And then after that, I told my husband, I was like, you know what, we're changing this. Like, women aren't being talked to about their bodies. Like they're not understanding how it's playing a role. And I had a really tough postpartum experience with our daughter. I had postpartum anxiety, um, just struggled with the changes. Like I remember being pregnant and everyone would talk about like the birth and your pregnancy and preparing for baby, but like no one talked about preparing the mom and like Mm. preparing you for what your body was about to go through. And like how to help you thrive through that time. And no one was supporting women in that aspect. So um, that's kind of what led me to the motherhood reset program that I have and just how I coach my clients now and why I focus on moms. Oh my gosh, Brooke, that is amazing. There's so much in there that we're going to dive into. That's (laughs) like, I love that story. Um, I love how you also brought up ovulation and that's something I talk about all the time because like you, I had no idea that I needed to ovulate all the time. You know, when I wasn't getting a period, I was younger. I was in my early twenties. I was like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like I'm not getting pregnant right now. So who cares? And I think that's such the narrative of so many women who aren't looking to get pregnant right now. But then once they start trying, it's like, oh my God, wait, how do I do this? How do I track it? I'm not ovulating. Like, what do I do now? And we're all, and they're trying to get their hormones on track quickly right away. And they want all these answers, like, cause they want to get pregnant yesterday. And it's like, if we just start this conversation earlier and we let women know like how important it is to always be taking care of this, it could minimize a lot of that struggle. So I love that you brought that up. Um, I also want to dive into a little bit of what you talked about with postpartum anxiety, because this is something that I, I of course haven't experienced, but I've had friends and family members who have gone through this. And it's something that could be not really talked about because they're either embarrassed or people just don't talk about it. And like you said, at the doctors, most doctors are just checkups for the baby, not, you know, anything like, oh, how's your mental health? Like, how are you handling your entire life changing? So can you just touch on that a little bit? Yeah. It's, you know, everybody tells you you're going to have the baby blues. Cause like right after you have a baby, your hormones crash and it's generally like 72 hours or so. Like you, I mean, I remember looking at my husband and like seeing him holding the baby and just like crying and I'm not a crier. So like, <laughs> like the, the tears would just flow. And I was like, okay, this is the baby blues. But then like a little bit of time went by and I'm more so the mindset of like, just power through. So like time went by and 
I was realizing that like I was snapping at my husband over stuff that like I normally wouldn't get snippy about or um, like when we would lay the baby down to bed, like I would constantly be checking the monitor to make sure that like she was okay. Or um, like we would, I would be walking her and I would just like be envisioning something horrible happening when I was walking her. And like, Mm. and these are things that women don't talk about because it's scary to like realize that you're thinking things like this. Like if I would be driving, I would be like visualizing what would happen if we got in a car accident and it would be like massive fear of like something happening to her. Mm. And it's so common, but it's not normal. And it doesn't talk about because women are so afraid to say like, Hey, I just had a vision of something awful happening to my child. And because you're scared of being judged as being like this terrible parent that like you, you envisioned it, or you think like something's wrong with me that I'm thinking these things. And it's Mm -hmm. not, it's like your hormones just went through this massive shift. No one taught you how to support your body after you had a baby and support your endocrine function so that your hormones could start to regulate out. And if you're nursing, no one taught you how to support your body through that too, because that's another layer. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you're feeling these things. So then you're getting more stressed out because you're feeling these things. And then you feel alone in it because you don't really know who to talk to. And therapy is such, such a taboo thing still. Mm -hmm. Um, So then women just kind of like sit in this and they think that it's normal. And then when it doesn't get addressed in the beginning, it leads to long-term, you know, I'll be talking to mom, moms years later after they've had kids and they still kind of have the lingering impacts of anxiety. They're still struggling with it. They kind of, you know, some of them are on medications at that point because they've gone to the doctor talking about depression later on mm-hmm. um, and just feeling exhausted through the day, living off of caffeine, having to drink wine at night. Like these are the things that it's leading to in moms because it's not getting nipped in the bud in the beginning. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. It's, you said it's common, but it's not normal. And I feel that with a lot of hormonal imbalances, it's very common to have painful periods. It's not normal. It's very common to feel all of these symptoms that you're talking about, but it's not normal. Also, thank you for sharing that. Cause I know that maybe in the beginning, it would have been more difficult to talk about something like that, but yeah. I love that you address the fear that moms could have. And also I feel like, you know, in the beginning, when you are a new mom, I've just seen from a lot of my close friends who have had babies where they have that feeling a little bit where it's like, oh my gosh, my whole life just totally changed. But it's like, oh, I feel guilty for even thinking that doesn't mean I don't love my baby. It doesn't mean I don't like, I'm so happy, but it's also that like, oh my gosh, how do I even express these emotions and get through it and feel like I'm not a terrible mom for even thinking those things? You go from having your independence and I'm an independent person. So like Mm -hmm. going from having my independence to immediately going to having something attached to me nonstop. I remember after having our first calling my husband, his first week back to work in tears, because I was like, I can't even go brush my teeth without like her being attached to me. And, and it, it does, it, it wears you down because your life does this 180 and you're not prepared for what's coming. Like people tell you it's going to be hard. You just, you can't, you can't imagine it mm-hmm. and you can't fully prepare for it, but you can prepare a mom for how, what her body's going to go through and how to support her body through it. Cause it's not going to be easy and you can prepare a mom for that, but no one's talking through like why it's not easy or what your body is going through during that time and how, how to support it to make it less of an impact on you. 
Yes. I love that. It's going to be hard, but so is not dealing with it. So is going through life, feeling anxious and fearful and going through the day, needing caffeine and then having wine at night. And now that's like glamorized. Like people all over social media are constantly being like, Oh my God, this is my like fifth cup of coffee today. Mom life or like two bottles of wine, you know, mom life. And it's like, you know, and obviously that doesn't mean you can never have a cup of coffee. You can never have a drink, but it's just the glamorization of like, Oh, this is what mom life is. This is how it looks. This is how it's supposed to be. When thankfully there are women like you who are like, no, it does not have to be like that. And if that's how you're, you know, coping or managing it, there's an underlying problem going on. Yeah. It's, oh, that I hear it all the time. And like, I tell my clients, I'm like, I love my wine just as much as the next girl, right? Yeah. Like I enjoy a glass of wine, but like that's not, you shouldn't have to need your wine at night to relax and to wind mm. down on the day. And you shouldn't need your caffeine to survive the day. I'm okay with you drinking caffeine mm-hmm. as long as the impacts aren't negative on you. Right. Yes. But, um, I love coffee too, but I'm not okay with you drinking it when you need it versus mm-hmm. like, want it and enjoy it type of a thing. Yes, exactly. Okay. Amazing. So can you talk to us a little bit about how you can support your body through this postpartum recovery or like whatever direction you want to take it, what's actually going on in your body? How can we really support ourselves? So there is, of course, no matter what your hormones are declining after you have a baby, you can't stop that from happening, but what can we do to actually support our body through this? Cause like you said, there's so much talk about pregnancy nutrition and all of this, but not so much about, it's like, oh, the baby comes out and then everything just goes back to normal. It's like, <laughs> no way. That's not what happens. No. I, it, yeah. That's so true. So between our first baby. And I was like, determined to change things. The second round through, I literally, the second round through implementing a lot of the things that I teach women in the the motherhood reset is I literally didn't even really get baby blues and they Mm, definitely didn't have part of anxiety. And I had a pandemic baby. So like I was fully expected to not to have a really bad experience, but, um, (laughs) it's, the biggest thing is your hormones are crashing too. Like your nerves because of that, like people always talk about your sex hormones, but we're forgetting your neurotransmitters and how that's playing a role into everything too. your serotonin and, and all of that's playing a role. So the f- number one thing that I say in the beginning, um, I use a lot of homeopathics personally. Um, but a lot of the things that I say in the beginning is we got to support your endocrine system right away. Totally. So, yes. Adaptogenic herbs are actually shown to be really effective and safe, um, especially postpartum, even if you're nursing. Um, I took ashwagandha, rhodiola, ginseng, um, took a lot of those different herbs. I used orthomolecular makes the supplement called Adrenal, and then they have an evening one called Adrena Vive. Mm. Those helped a ton. The Adrenal um, actually had some um, adrenal hormone in it, so that actually helped energy through the day postpartum. Okay you're not sleeping well. Yeah. Um, and then the adrenaline helped the restoration and recovery at night. That was the biggest thing I did. Um, the other biggest things that I did, it was my husband and I had conversations around sleep and I was like, listen, like I have hypothyroid one, so I'm going to need more recovery support. But two, like my body just created a human and carried it and birthed it. So like, could you wake up a little bit in the middle of the night? And like, yes. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like I just did all the work. Yeah. So, I mean, having that conversation because I'll have so many women who are like, my husband won't wake up with a baby. I'm like, you need to have a conversation about this because if 
you're both parents, like you're both there exactly. to do the job. So like you you both need to like take a little bit of a hit in it because it is a little bit of a stressful period of time. And it's not supposed to all be on you because also if you're nursing, your body's also trying to produce the nutrition for that baby to live and grow. And at the same time, like you need to rest if you would like your vagina to heal after having a child. <laughs> exactly. So you, Seriously. Yeah. So like, we had a conversation about just like alternating and my husband was amazing. He helped out in the postpartum stage and would wake up in the middle of the night. And, um, we used taking care of babies. It's not a sleep training format. It's, um, a sleep support. It's kind of what I call it. It starts from the very beginning, right in the beginning of the newborn stages. We use it like a program or something. It is. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's all online. We used it after our first, it was amazing. We used it the second round through. She really guides through just like implementing structure because babies thrive with structure. So we did that in the beginning, um, to get him sleeping consistently, not perfectly. They all mm-hmm. have their waking times, but that made a big impact too. Um, so the biggest things that I did was implement structure right away. Mm-hmm. And then, um, we had a conversation, like, make sure your partner's on board there to support you with who's waking up in the middle of the night so that you're getting time to rest. I've had my clients, I've recommended, like, you know, if your partner does have a job where they can't wake up in the middle of the night, like postpartum doulas are amazing. Get a night nurse. Like there's no shame in that. Women uh, will like shame it or say like, oh, you're not waking up with your baby in the middle of the night or this or that. Like you're, you're not a real mom. Like that's not true. No, especially exactly. And you're going to be there to take care of them all day. So if you are just up 24 seven, it's like, who is that helping just by preserving that shame or guilt? And of course I don't have personal experience with this, but I'm just saying, I, I understand how much your body needs to recover and how much better of a mom you could even be if you allow yourself to get help and to get that rest that you need. Yeah. You're going to show up as the mom that your kid needs when you're rested and you're feeling better versus when you're exhausted and you're mentally tapped out and you might be struggling with postpartum anxiety because you're not getting the rest and things that you need. You're Mm -hmm. not able to show up as the mom that your kid needs or that you want to be. So you getting rest is going to help you to be more present with your your kids and be the parent that they're needing in that time. Yeah. And like you said, obviously you're not going to be getting like a solid eight hours of sleep throughout the whole night, like, you know, especially in the beginning, but that's great that these adaptogens are there to support you. Like you said, ashwagandha, rhodiola, those are all, and they're super safe. Of course, always check with your medical practitioner with anything to take, but those are amazing adaptogens that I take some of them right now, even obviously I'm not even in that stage, but now, aside from those, was there anything that you did, you know, nutritionally um, while you were pregnant to help you in the transition from being pregnant to not? Or is there anything nutritionally you added in after baby came? Yeah, I always say your nutrition before you get pregnant and during pregnancy makes a massive impact on how you feel after you have the baby. And that's mm. not to say that like if you're already pregnant and not having you know made changes yet that like you can't still make an impact because you can. Um, but I followed Lily Nichols. Um, she has a book called real food for pregnancy. It's amazing. She's done all the research. I would tell my clients, like I could do this for you, but like, she's already done all the work. So right. just read the book. Yeah. I'll link um, it in the show notes. 
Yeah, it's it's awesome. She does all the like back end and gets through like filters through the like common misconceptions around pregnancy nutrition. She has recipes in there. So the biggest things that I did was having like different stews and things with like bone broths and things that were going to be high in nutrients available. Um, warming foods are really good, especially postpartum to help support, um, foods high in iron. I'm naturally lower in iron. So mm-hmm. pastured sources of like red meats, pasture raised eggs, things like that. Um, I try to have something like that every single day because we, we undervalue how much getting those nutrients into your body can make a difference in how you feel too. Mm-hmm. Um, So that really made a big difference as well as um, making sure that like I was just giving myself grace because a lot of it can be mental too. And we can put so much pressure on ourselves. We have to give ourselves grace during during that period because it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be this like ideal scenario. You got to just like roll with it and pivot as it happens. Yes. Okay. So good. So I'm going to link that book, Lily Nichols, real food for pregnancy in the show notes. If anyone is interested in that. And like Brooke said, if you are already pregnant, you may be a couple months in, doesn't mean that you can't make changes now that are going to support you. Even if you're nine months pregnant, you could start now and it's still going to help support you once you are, you know, in that postpartum stage. So amazing recommendation. Um, so we've been talking a little bit about mom guilt. So can you just touch on that and, how a lot of moms might not even want to spend money or no invest money in adaptogens or in a night doula or in this because they feel like, oh, it's selfish. I need to put all my money, all my resources into my children. So what does that look like? How have you experienced that yourself? And with working with your clients, how can they you know navigate through that? Oh my gosh. So mom guilt is like this, it's this idea of what we should be doing. And then we get this guilt when our idea of what should be happening is not what's actually happening. Right. Like Mm. we have this picture in our head of how we should show up as a mom. And that can come from like what we saw with our parents. It can come from like what we've seen with other people. It could come from the many forms of unsolicited advice that you receive (laughs) when you're pregnant and after you have a baby, because people want to tell you what to do and how to do it. Um, and then I was talking to a mom who has kids later and I was like, for some reason, like as your kids get older, it goes away. And a lot of that is because people stop giving you advice when your kids get older. And when you're, when their kids are younger, everybody wants to tell you how to do it. And I always tell my clients, like you have intuition for a reason, like, you Mm. know what your baby needs, you know, what's good for you reach out when you feel like you need support. But at the end of the day, like nobody else is going to live with the impacts of your decision on like how you choose to raise your child or how you to like recover. So if you choose to hire a a night nurse, no one else is living with the impacts of you having or not having a night nurse, but you are. So it's waking up exhausted because you're putting this pressure on yourself that like, I have to be the warrior mom who wakes up in the middle of the night. Like that's not a warrior mom. You're just burning yourself out Mm. and you need to rest. Like you have to do what's best for you because doing what's best for you is doing what's best for your baby. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. That's so true because a lot of times with pregnancy or without pregnancy is we will make our decisions based off of what other people will think. And it's like, wait, whether I eat or don't eat this, do or don't eat this, this is not affecting anybody else's life other than myself. And obviously like my family, but I mean, outside people who 
aren't living my life. So if they're not living with the repercussions of whatever you're doing or not doing, they don't get an opinion. And I know it's obviously easier said than done, but this is something that is so common with everybody, but especially moms, the guilt is so real and just feeling like you have to do everything all the time. You can't ask for help. It's, it's just this idea that you are, like you said, less of a mom if you aren't doing every single thing by yourself. But I love that you promote like, no, you're being more of the mom that these kids need by getting the help. And which is why you have created this program, which we're definitely going to talk about because it's so important. I'm sure that with this program that you have, you have come across a lot of women that are you know, hesitant to investing any amount of money in themselves. So when that comes about, you know, how can you help walk someone through that who might be still hesitant? Like I can't, you know, I can't invest this money in there because then that means it's taking it away from my child. I feel it because a little over a year ago, I invested in a coach myself and it wasn't for like fitness, but I remember putting the money down. And then my husband is like, thank God he's on support and like really amazing with like being on board with stuff. But I remember laying in bed that night and I was like so anxious. I didn't sleep that night. I woke up in the middle of the night, stressed out. And I was like, that was money that we could have used towards this or that, or like, Mm. what if this happens or what if that happens? And like, and that's what goes on in a mom's head so often is it's always this like, what if scenario happening? And we don't take a step back to see like, okay, but if I feel good, right? Like I have so many moms I'll run into, they're like, I just, I need this, but I don't know if I can spend the money. And I'm like, okay, but like, Mm. what you can't afford not to, like, can you afford to continue to show up every day feeling exhausted and burned out? And like, you can't take time for yourself and maybe even resentful because you're not getting the things that you need and you're not feeling comfortable in your clothes. You're maybe even dreading putting clothes on in the summertime to go to the park with your kids because you don't feel good about yourself. So like, what's the trade-off here? Like, is it investing in yourself on something or is the trade-off that like you continue to feel not great and not show up as the mom that you've been dreaming of being because of how you're feeling in your skin or is a short-term investment that's going to change how you feel worth that to you. I always ask, like, I get the dollar amount. I understand it fully, but are you okay with just continuing to feel how you're feeling or continuing to like, even spend these small amounts into these small little things or like the next ab class or this or that, that aren't really addressing the things that you need addressed and fixing it for you. Oh, oh my God. That is so good. And it's a short-term investment, but it's giving you literally lifelong results because this isn't something that you just do for a couple months and then you go back to your old way of living. This is creating a whole new lifestyle for how you can support yourself and your children life lifelong. And the way that you show up are your, our kids and anybody, our kids, like I have kids, kids in general, and just like people around you (laughs) (laughs) learn by what you're doing and how you're modeling things. So you're not only investing this money in yourself, but it's going to be passed on to your children and everybody who's watching you. So I totally understand how it's scary to make an investment. I've made so many investments and I'm not a mom and it was scary. So I can't even imagine being a mom and how scary that is, but It's like, what is the opportunity cost? What are you missing out on if you don't do it? What are you missing out on? Or what are your kids missing out on if you you don't do that? So I love that you were doing that and that you're addressing this issue because it's so important. 
I thought back to, I was telling my husband, I was like, you know what? The frustrating thing for me, like now as an adult, as a mom is when I was watching my mom always do these diets and talk poorly about herself and not be happy in her body and not comfortable in how she feels and always starting something. And it was always something is at the root of it, the frustrating thing for me and why my personality now is also this like push through and like relentless type of a thing is Mm -hmm. because I was always watching my mom quit. I was always watching her start something and stop it. And I said to my husband, I was like, I don't want her seeing me always spinning my wheels and always frustrated and always like starting something and then it's not working and then stopping it because the perception that she's seeing is that I'm never seeing something through. And I was like, I don't want her growing up and thinking that like my mom didn't follow through on things or that that's the thing. Like I struggled growing up with those things. I don't want her growing up and having that experience. And I listened to this quote that Glennon Doyle had. Um, I pulled it up because it was so good. I love her. She's amazing. Um, She said, there's no such thing as one way liberation. When you free yourself, you free those around you. The most loving and mothering thing that a woman can do is to know herself, trust herself, be herself and unapologetically go for what she wants. One reason that women think that what they want is bad is they think that it's selfish and that we're taught that womanhood is this selfless thing. So like as a mom, we're taught that like you're a great mother when you sacrifice yourself for all these different things. And that's Mm. not always true. Like, yes, there's absolutely moments where like your needs have to go to the side, but that shouldn't be the constant thing. Because your kids need you, and especially if you have a daughter, but a son too, like they need to see you living fulfilled because they need to see what's possible for them through how you're doing things. Oh my gosh, Brooke, that was incredible. <laughs> I love that. I'm obsessed with Glenn That was from Untamed, right? Yes, it's so good. Oh, if you have not already listened to or read Untamed, you need to do that immediately. She also has a new podcast. Have you checked that out? No. It's called um, We Could Do Hard Things and it's her podcast. She's only two episodes in, but highly recommend. Yeah. Um, so good. So I love that. That is so incredible. Um, one last question for you is how, uh, what's one tip that you could give you know, a mom right now who is struggling to make time for herself, whether that's to get in a 15 minute walk, whether that's to go to the gym, like what is one you know, or two, whatever, what is a main tip that you can give them or a piece of advice to... Yeah you know, feel okay making time for themselves and maybe just like a tangible thing of how they can actually start doing that. Yeah. Just not putting pressure on ourselves is the first thing, because I think a lot of times too, especially if you've come from like previous diet culture before you had kids is like, you have this all in or all out mindset and mentality of I've either got to do this all in or I'm not doing it at all. And just keep in mind that like small changes can make a big impact. So You might think that like drinking the amount of water that you should be drinking in a day is some stupid little thing to focus on and not a big deal. But like, think of how that's going to make you feel through a week if you do that. So start there, like literally just start with drinking half of your body weight in ounces of water a day. And then once you've done that, like you're choosing food at the end of the day anyways, for three meals, whether it's healthy or not. So try to have a protein at each of your three meals so you can balance out your blood sugar through the day and you can feel Mm -hmm. more satiated. And then just do one thing at a time and you'll notice changes. If it's, you know, getting away for a workout on your own is really tough and you are feeling the guilt. First, I would suggest seeking out somebody to talk to about the guilt, but Mm -hmm. second, 
put the kid in a stroller. It's nice outside. Like go for a stroller walk. At the end of the day, movement is movement. Yes. You don't have to be like, like crushing yourself in a gym. And especially when you're in a postpartum, I would never suggest that you're doing that. Yeah. Going back to CrossFit is not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Put the baby in a stroller and go take a 10 minute walk. And then the next week, make it a 20 minute walk. And then like, just gradually build up small things like that. And you got to stop putting pressure on yourself of like the timeline, because so often, especially in social media world, we see like, oh, I lost this amount of weight and this in like four weeks. And Mm. it's not realistic. People are posting their highlight reels. Like most people aren't posting that they lost a pound a week over a year and achieved their goal. Like that's not what's getting promoted. So keep in mind, like if you kept making one small change a week, where you would be a year from now. Yes. I love that. And it's so people think it's like a, you know, it's just like a sprint. Like how quickly can I get all these results? And we're like, this is a marathon, like one small, cause that's what makes it sustainable. And that's, what's most important. And I just think that that is so amazing. Like making the time for yourself and knowing that, you know, don't expect things to be exactly the same when you have a baby, like your workout routine. Like you said, you can't just like jump right back into CrossFit after you have a baby, like your needs change after because if you think about what your body just went through, like we're so hard on ourselves and we think like, oh, we have to immediately go back into this or, you know, I'm assuming moms are, are thinking yeah. that. And it's like, no, like you're, give yourself grace. Like you said, don't put so much pressure on yourself. You just grew a human and then birthed it out, whether that was through your vagina hole or cut yeah. out your stomach. Like it's insane when you really think of what the human, like woman's body actually does. It's mind blowing to me. And I mean, I had a baby 10 months ago, so I still have like 10 pounds of baby weight to lose. Like we would all want the like results to be here tomorrow. I get it. <laughs> I, I want the 10 pounds to be gone tomorrow too. I feel that. But at the end of the day, like if you try to rush through it, you're only doing more damage to your body than you're doing good. And mm. postpartum period, we always think that it's only the six week stage after you have a kid, because that's just the time that we go see the doctor after we have the baby to make sure that your stitches are are healed. Like that's it. Six weeks is not the marker of like when your body's recovered from birthing a human. It's postpartum period is up to two years after having a baby, depending on if you're nursing or not. So like it can take on average 18 months, depending on the mother for your nutrient stores to even replenish themselves from what the baby took from you. So you have to be patient with yourself. I always tell my clients like at six months, after both kids, I felt like I had routine. Mm-hmm. At nine months, I felt like my strength was coming back. At mm-hmm. like a year to 16 months, I felt like my brain was coming back. So like, wow. you gotta, you gotta be patient and just like t- let your body go through the stages and consistency through those stages always wins over perfection. Oh my God. I love that. I think our society too makes us feel like, like they need to recover quicker because most places have like six week maternity leave, maybe an eight week maternity leave. And it's like, you think after six or eight weeks, like I'm ready to just go back into my normal swing of things. Like it's crazy how we have that in the United States. Anyway, I know some people are in other countries and they have a much better system. Maybe one day we will, but I know some other companies, you know, have longer times, but in general, it's like that idea, like you said, six or eight weeks. Okay. Like you're ready. You're good to go. It's like, what? Yeah. I remember going back after our first at eight weeks, weeks and like opening up my emails. And I was like, Nope, can't do it. I just don't have the mental capacity to even read through this right now Yeah, because you're, 
your baby's still attached to you at that point. So yeah. I, oh well, my God. I want another tangent for that. We I, know. I could literally talk to you all day. So <laughs> I respect your time. I know you have babies at home. So let us know what's the name of your program. How can they join you? How can they work with you? How can they find you? Give us all the deets. And I'll of course put this all in the show notes if you're driving or whatever, and you can't jot it down right now. Um, so it's called the motherhood reset. Motherhood reset is truthfully meant for any mom at any stage of motherhood. You, I know I can talk about postpartum, but like you don't just have to be a postpartum mom. Your kids could be five or six years old. Um, it's really for any mom who's sick of feeling how they're feeling in motherhood and wants to change it. So at any point, if you're tired of feeling like you're exhausted, if you're tired of like spinning your wheels, doing all these different fitness programs, none of them are fully making you feel good. Maybe you see results, then it goes right back. Or it feels like it's a second job to try to look at the nutrition program that they have and uh, digest it and actually apply it. The Motherhood Recent is the program that I truthfully wish existed after I had our kids. It was... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I had a coach send me over a program and I was like, I can't even think about this right now. And I've been in the fitness field. So everything is simple and applicable. It's all encompassing. I address your hormones. Um, I have guest speakers come on to speak about it. I address the stress. I address the sleep. I have a maternal mental health therapist who comes on to talk about mom guilt and talk about the motherhood like way of thinking and how we can switch those things to better serve us and serve our kids. Um, and then there's exercise programming done for you throughout the program too. It's 12 weeks. This next round actually starts on the 24th opens up for everybody. Um, I've got four spaces left in this one. And then I probably won't run the next one until towards the end of this year. Amazing. Okay. If you are listening and you are a mom, no matter how old your kids are and any of this resonated with you, reach out to Brooke, just ask her about it, find more information about it, have the conversation, just open your mind to it. Because if you've been struggling, like it's just, we think that it's just going to magically get better and it's just not going to magically get better. Like you're, a lot of people are putting so much effort into things that are really not supporting you. So why not put all your effort into something that's actually going to help you? And I love that you, this is why I don't speak about pregnancy nutrition and all the stuff. Sure. I could research about it and, and provide assistance, but I haven't been through it. So I just don't believe in running programs with, through something that I've never been through, which is why I think this is amazing that you're doing this. You've been through this. You have personal experience. You have professional experience. I did not know you had those guest speakers, a mental health person coming in to talk. That's amazing. So everybody go contact Brooke, check out what she has to offer. She's an amazing resource for moms or just anybody who wants to improve their health. Um, so thank you, Brooke, so much for being here. Um, what's your Instagram handle? I'll put it in the show notes, but is that you're mostly on Instagram, right? Yeah, mostly on Instagram is probably the easiest place to find me. It's Brooke Rousey. Okay, awesome. And I'll put that in the complicated. So we're just yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to ask her before we started recording. Like, how do you pronounce your last name again? I just want to make sure. Yeah. So I'll put all that in the show notes. But again, this is airing on Friday, two days before the deadline to join her program. So if you are listening to this in real time, make sure you reach out to her quickly. There are only four spots left, as is of time that's recording. So who knows by the time this even comes out? But reach out to her. And just see if this is something that you think you would want to hop in on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you so much for being here. I love this conversation. I've talked to you all day and I appreciate what you're doing for moms and just the world in general. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.